Chapter 47 of The Social War of 1900, or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Meg Turasek. The Social War of 1900, or The Conspirators and Lovers, by Simon Landis. Chapter 47 Lucinda is re-arrested before she escapes. The superintendent's plan of opening the door proved a success, and as Miss Armington turned to fire, he grasped both her elbows from behind, which raised the pistol the moment it went off, and thereby missed hitting anyone. The superintendent at once took the revolver from her hand, and rather roughly handled the poor girl, when she said, "'You have gained the victory, and I will therefore yield honorably, like a whipped enemy. Be so kind as to let me rise.' By this time the physician-in-chief and the rest of the keepers, help, and innocent lunatics gathered around her. The physician-in-chief at once recognized her face, when he ordered her to be removed to his private office, and directed the rest, except the superintendent and two managers, to attend to their business. After these four men and Miss Armington were locked into his private office, the physician-in-chief said, "'Well, young lady, how do you come by this male garb and pistol? I know you, Miss Armington.' "'Miss Armington!' exclaimed one of the managers. "'Yes, Miss Armington in disguise,' said the doctor, and added, "'What do I see? Deacon Rob Stew's coat, hat, and vest? Or I mistake myself?' "'Well, yes, I acknowledge they are his garments, which may give you some idea how I came by this graceful disguise.' said Miss Armington, with contempt. "'What! The deacon did not aid you to escape by disguising yourself in his clothes?' ejaculated the physician-in-chief, looking amazed as well as his comrades. "'No, sir, not exactly aid, your excellency,' tauntingly replied she. "'How, then, did you get his clothes and that pistol?' "'Who gave you the pistol?' said the physician-in-chief. "'I do not know that I choose to be so closely catechized, "'unless you promise to give me my freedom, "'which I think I deserve after having gone to all this trouble,' she said. "'You ask too much.' "'How so?' interrupted Miss Armington. "'What have I ever done to deserve this confinement?' and to be compelled to be continually insulted by that rascally old Deacon Stew. What, you call him rascally, when he has favored you with this disguise? He has not favored me, interposed she. Girl, you confound me, said the physician-in-chief. Did you not say that these were the Deacon's garments? that he gave them to you 
Yes, they were his garments, and he gave them to me. But now they are mine, for I have earned them by hard labor, and at the risk of womanly modesty, said she. Explain yourself, said he, for instead of understanding you, I become more bewildered by your remarks. Do you? tantalizingly responded Miss Armington. Yes, miss, you are a puzzle to me, said the physician-in-chief. Doctor, I am astonished at you, exclaimed the superintendent. Don't you see with half an eye that the creature is as crazy as a loon can be? Come, let us lock her up and attend to better business than trifling with her. Indeed, bah, you are a pretty fellow to be so wise as to pronounce me a lunatic. If I am crazy, I'll wager my life against a dozen soft heads like yours, that I can outrival you in anything, haughtily replied Miss Armington, and continued, You must not think, because you are clad with a little authority, that your august position raises you to manhood, a thing you do not possess. Come, come, this is more idle talking than if Miss Armington were insane, and we would amuse ourselves over her wanderings, and, therefore, I ask the superintendent to go and attend to better business, responded the physician-in-chief, and so saying he unlocked the office, when the superintendent left. But the other continued, Come now, Miss Armington, please tell me where you got that pistol. I got it also from Deacon Rob Stew, interrupted Miss Armington. When did you get it from him? said he. Not an hour since, said she. Really, Miss Armington, you must be crazy, said the physician-in-chief. Ah, indeed, you, too, doubt my sanity. Do you want me to prove my soundness of mind and purpose to you in the presence of these strangers? said she. Well, you astound me, but you have the deacon's clothes, and I do not see how you got the pistol, unless he gave it to you. Yet I cannot understand whether he has proved false to you or us, said he. You did not answer my question. I said, did you want me to prove my soundness of mind and purpose to you in the presence of these strangers? But perhaps they are familiar with the doings of this place, said Miss Armington. No, miss, it is useless for you to make that attempt for we all know why you are in this institution, and as I cannot understand you, and you will not explain, I shall be compelled to return you to your old quarters, responded the physician-in-chief. I can assure you that I expected nothing better from you, and as these gentlemen are co-conspirators of yours and the holy deacons, I cannot call upon them for succor or sympathy haughtily said she. Madam, responded one of the managers, you have my heartfelt sympathy. 
then assist me to escape or use your influence to have me released she pled he dropped his head and with tears in his eyes said as cheerfully as i would do so of my own accord yet am i powerless to aid you unless you consent to become the deacon's wife ah indeed you too desire that well gentlemen if such i may call you i am ready to be conducted to my cell where i will show you a fine specimen of a deacon sneeringly said she what you did not murder him asked the physician-in-chief terror-stricken oh no he is too mean low and cowardly a thing to kill he and his likes looking at them with a contemptuous frown better live a while yet that they may see the glory of the noble hero through whose instrumentality i am incarcerated and insulted but mark me i feel it in my inmost soul that the tables will shortly turn and then i may laugh at you when you get your deserved reward said she they conducted the disguised heroine back to her cell but lo the horrible-looking deacon with bloodshot eyes swollen head and almost suffocated lying in one corner of the cell dumbfounded the gentleman who at once relieved him of his effectual gag and shackles and the physician-in-chief asked how came this so but there was no reply because the deacon fainted whilst miss armington smiled and really seemed to enjoy the joke this enraged the physician-in-chief and for the first time he threatened violence to miss armington who coolly said he only got his dues he is dying exclaimed the physician-in-chief and you are his murderer young woman yes in self-defence i subdued him as any one would and as i would do again heedlessly said miss armington suddenly the saintly and hypocritical opossum-acting deacon came to and seeing the pistol in the hand of the physician-in-chief he grasped it and rising to his knees raised it and fired at miss armington ejaculating furiously you she-devil die end of chapter forty seven recording by meg turisek